From your local Houston BMW Center Studios, welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm KG Smooth. And I am Uncle Funky Larry Jones. And nephew, let me tell you once again, I don't is it the shea butter you use, man? Or the co- <laughs> your skin it's is the seaweed just soap. Seaweed that you got soap. Me. Man, this is you look good, sir. Well, thank you, you man. Good. You too. Are you losing some pounds? Here? I'm trying, sir. Trying to get rid of that COVID calories I picked up. So I, yeah. I, I, I yeah. see you slimming down there in your face there. Thank you, boss. <laughs> Listen, you know, um, we are how many days? Uh like 38 days when this Just airs, about, mm-hmm. uh, 38 days until uh, the election, and um, it's going to be quite the election. Every every election season, or every, at least every election year, uh, presidential election year, they say that it's the most important election of our lifetime, the most important one of our lives. I think this time, it really is the most well, important one I, of our I'm lives. excited. I'm excited because a lot of people are trying to throw some curveballs and make some things not happen, which pretty much leads into our guest for today's podcast. Yes, yes, indeed. He is the immediate past, present, uh, immediate past president of Paralyzed Veterans of America. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Al Kovac to the Public Affairs Podcast. How are you, sir? Great. Thank you for having me. Good. Um, tell us about the organization, mm-hmm. first off, because well, I've never heard of Paralyzed Veterans of America. Well, first of all, you should thank him for his service. Well, yes, and that, too. <laughs> Absolutely. First. Now. Well, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> I did serve in the military, and I was in a combat training accident uh, that involved jumping out of an airplane. And uh, I got entangled with another jumper, and I became paralyzed. I broke my neck, and I'm paralyzed for life, and that was uh, May 21st of 1991. Mm. And Paralyzed Veterans of America came to my bedside at the VA hospital and said they were going to take care of me. So uh, Paralyzed Veterans of America has been taking care of me for 30 years. They made sure I got all my benefits uh, to make sure that um, I got all my health care. And I'm telling you guys, despite what you hear in the news, I have a wonderful quality of life. And uh, it's all thanks to the to the uh, relationship between the Paralyzed Veterans of America and the VA. Mm-hmm. Now, what branch of the service, sir? I served in the United States Navy. Excellent. Uh, in, I was based out of San Diego. Excellent. My son just wrapped up his tour. Uh, he was Army at uh, Fort Bliss. So uh, your story means, hits home to me. I we, we really appreciate and understand. Not just in the Navy, a Navy SEAL. Yeah, that too, which is like any elite. Boy, <laughs> cats are good, man. Yeah, really. So don't, don't downplay your service, sir. I mean, because you are uh, quite incredible here. Um, Thank you. So um, the organization, you all have been around for a while and you say despite what we hear like you you have a great life and the and paralyzed veterans of america has uh taken care of you from uh the start I, I, yes. i'm glad that they have because there's a lot of other organizations that don't treat our vets mm-hmm. paralyzed or not um very well like um how how did paralyzed veterans of america get it right and yet these other organizations or government entities are just really throwing away our vets who fought for this country and our very freedom. Well, the Paralyzed Veterans of America was actually 
created by a number of paralyzed vets. They came home from World War II and found that they had no voice. Um, people who were paralyzed, it, that was something new back in the 1940s. Usually you didn't survive a uh, spinal cord injury. But um, so they started Paralyzed Friends of America and seeing that they had no voice and seeing that the VA hospitals didn't know what to do with them, uh, they figured they were going to have to be advocates for themselves. And I would say that there are three things that I, I use to distinguish Paralyzed Veterans of America from all the other organizations in that, number one, it's, it's healthcare, benefits, and jobs. And when I say healthcare, Paralyzed Veterans of America is the only veterans organization that's allowed to go into VA hospitals and actually audit the quality of care that the veterans are getting. Mm. So every single year, the VA hospital will get a visit from a, uh, our doctors, nurses, and architects that work for Paralyzed Veterans of America, and we actually uh, interview the hospital staff and the patients, and we present our audits to the Secretary of Veteran Affairs, and then he's then uh, alerted to the deficiencies, and uh, he gets those fixed, hopefully quickly. So the quality of care is really, really good for uh, veterans with spinal cord injury. The other part is benefits, and every year we, you know, just because you get paralyzed or just because you're injured, doesn't mean the VA is going to write you a check or pay for your school or make your house accessible, whatever. Um, you really need someone like PVA to advocate for you to get those benefits. And Allies Vents America has secured well over um, hundreds of millions of dollars every year for our veterans. And lastly is jobs. Uh, we place about 400 veterans or their uh, family members in real secure jobs every single year. That's over, uh, you know, one veteran per day. And that means a lot because when you're paralyzed, you feel like you've lost your dignity. And when you get back to work, you feel like you're, I'm using air quotes here, normal again. And uh, so I would, yeah, I, I, healthcare benefits and jobs is the best way to distinguish ourselves from the rest of the, uh, of the other veterans organizations. Hey, <laughs> well, it's working clearly 70 years and <laughs> And going strong. I mean, you, like I said, you guys got it right here. Um, so as we mentioned earlier, this is an election year and voting can be more difficult for people with disabilities. Um, and so Paralyzed Veterans of America, you have launched uh, this campaign to um, help Americans who are uh, disabled uh, to make sure that they are able to vote and that they, you know, plan ahead. And so uh, tell us about this campaign, the initiative of uh, Access Your Vote. Thank you for asking. It's called Access Your Vote campaign. It's a, it's a, you know, it's designed to help people with disabilities vote safely and securely. So if you can imagine um, serving overseas, defending um, our way of life here in the United States, and then get disabled in combat and come back to the United States, and not have the ability to vote because you're disabled, because of your service. And I'm telling you, I, 20 years ago, I went to go vote and I could not get into the polling station. And that year I was denied the right to vote. I swear I'd never let it happen again. I live in Southern California, so I've been voting by mail uh, ever since then. Mm-hmm. You know, my dining room table is very wheelchair accessible and I've got my computer with me and I can research all the candidates that I need. And it just works well for me. But, you know, this Access Your Vote campaign, is we're just providing uh, information for people to learn how to plan their vote. So even though mail-in ballots work for me, it might not work for somebody else. So if you go to our website, which is 
uh, pva.org and forward slash vote. That'll give uh, anyone a, a step-by-step guide to access your vote in your state. Yeah, we're, we're hoping that it works for all of us because they're trying to <laughs> mail-in ballots. We're hoping that it works for everybody because the way that they're trying to, <laughs> you know, dismantle it or make it seem uh, like it's not legitimate is beyond me. But anyway, Unc. Well, even with that, Al, and my, my obvious question is, add in COVID-19 and how much more difficult is this? Well, um, you know, you, you add uh, the pandemic, which is, you know, causing uh, added cleaning and distancing procedures. There's fewer polling stations. And, of course, that'll probably mean longer lines. Um, on a personal note, uh, I, recently, my, I have a little one-and-a-half-year-old, and, a and uh, she was just tested positive for COVID. So, you know, we were quarantined for two weeks. Mm-hmm. My whole family was quarantined for two weeks. Mm-hmm. But now our whole, you know, had we thought we were going to go to a polling station and this happened a week before the vote, my whole family would be either stuck at home, not being able to vote, or they would make the decision to go to a polling station and take that risk of contaminating other people. But uh, fortunately, we're all okay now. And um, yeah, the lack of accessibility at the polling stations and uh, the pandemic has made things really, really confusing for people. And, you know, the general accounting, uh, accounting office said that less than 50% of polling stations are wheelchair accessible, that are uh, less than 40% are accessible. So you're really taking a risk if you're going to go to the polling stations if you're disabled this year, unfortunately. That's why we would encourage people to to go to the website and plan their vote. I'll give the site again, right? This is a perfect time sure. for you to drop that again, please. It's pva.org forward slash vote. And there you'll see a number of uh, different resources. You'll, um, you'll have the opportunity to put your voting plan in place. Uh, there's also uh, links to show the state laws that are governing early voting, because believe it or not, some votes are allowing that already. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a resource center link. And there's also uh, a link to a map that shows which states are uh, voting uh, that allows early voting. And then there's also a link that tells you about the states that are doing all mail-in voting, which would include my home state of California. I'm not sure how they're doing things in Texas, but uh, mailing votes is working well for us Californians. Good. So, Al, let me, well, again, I, because your backstory is so compelling, here you are, a Navy SEAL, no less. You become paralyzed, but your mindset through your Navy SEAL training, grace of God, mom and dad, or your just personal will, willed you into this beautiful brother that you are to be a part of this organization. What I'm fascinated, my point, what I'm trying to get to, Alice, when did you pivot? When, when, when did you realize that you we're not being defined by this injury. Well, my story is very similar to most of the other paralyzed veterans in that we believe strongly in a, in a very cozy brotherhood where we depend on each other and we can't do it by ourselves. So Paralyzed Veterans of America has worked with the VA to start these mentor programs. And I can tell you when I was laying in bed and there was another Navy SEAL who was paralyzed, comes rolling up. He, he got paralyzed in Vietnam. His name was Don Hislop. I'll never forget him. And uh, he was the one that really 
put it in my head that life wasn't over and that uh, there was something out there. And he encouraged me to get involved with PVA. And PVA really gave me the opportunity to become the person I am right now. Um, had I strayed far from PVA, I don't know. I don't, you know, I, I look at my friends that are not veterans, that, but, they, but they are paralyzed. And I can just tell they just have not had the opportunities that I have. Mm. And I would hate to squander those opportunities. Can mm. you speak on the, the difficulties that uh, people with disabilities face uh, when going to vote? Well, you know, for me, when I went to go vote 20 years ago, I couldn't find a parking spot. I couldn't even get out of my car. Uh, but there's also the, the path of travel. There might be curbs, uh, stairs. The doors might be too narrow. The, the, there's also folks that can't see, so they need someone to help them. And a lot of people who work at the polls don't know how, they don't know how to help a person who cannot see cast their vote. So that's why I would encourage people to go to the website. All that stuff is uh, right there for you. And... You know, everybody's different with 60 million Americans with a very broad spectrum of disabilities. It, you really need to focus on what your needs are. And then that, it may or may not require the use of a friend or, or family member to help you cast that vote. Um, PVA has worked with the VA in making sure that our veterans are able to vote. The ones that are hospitalized or the ones that are in long-term care facilities, the VA has agreed to uh, allow their social workers to go to the bedside of our veterans and help them you know, register to vote and also cast their vote. And, and what do you say to uh, voters with disabilities and their family members? Uh, what should they be doing now to make sure that they are able to vote safely and independently? Well, the clock is ticking, yep. and uh, you, got, you all need to get out and plan your vote. <laughs> And again, I, I, I don't mean to keep pushing to our website, but that's, it explains it all right there. Um, regardless of what your disability is, or maybe you're a caregiver or a family member or just a friend, go there and figure it out. It's, it pays off the plan early because, like I said, with my situation, had my little kid uh, tested positive for COVID closer to election day, we might not be able to vote at all. Mm, yeah. Well, I've just found one more organization to plant a seed in so this is good for me today yes sir yes sir and you know i i mentioned uh that only 40 percent of polling stations are accessible um unfortunately it's really up to the people with disabilities after they've been done after they've been denied the right to vote because of accessibility challenges then they have to file a complaint with the department of justice or they can go to their county and file a complaint there um you guys have uh, harris county Yes. yes. It, uh, yeah, Harris County um, was just sued by the Department of Justice because their polling stations were not uh, ADA compliant. So now they have federal inspectors that are going to all the polling stations to make sure they are this year. Wow. Al, we're, we're big proponents of saluting beautiful beings like yourself for bringing awareness and attention to things that I know that we take for granted, which is unfortunate. But it is what it is, and that's why you're part of the podcast. So I personally, along with KG, want to say God bless you. Thank you for your fortitude. Thank you for not only your service, that's that's an obvious, but just by being an upfront guy that has worked with PVA to help 
spread this word. And this podcast is growing. And there are a lot of people who needed to hear this today. And I just wanted to say thank you, sir. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. It means everything. Because I know those of us who aren't suffering with disabilities often, I don't want to say feel uh, privileged, but I know that we are, we take things for granted. Mm-hmm. We think, well, KG, we guys, take things. We take things for granted, and it's, it's, it's not. It's not right. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just the right. small things of him and, mentioning yeah. uh, to to go vote. Like I never even thought about uh, all of those challenges. That and he's my brother because he's an American, and we need we need to do better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can do. better. Thank you very much. Thank you. You you all said in the beginning that you never heard of us, and thanks to you, you're helping us get our message out so we can better serve our veterans. Yes, sir. Indeed. Absolutely. Um, and, and any last words that you want to uh, let the audience Push know? the website. <laughs> <laughs> Go to pva.org forward slash vote for a step-by-step guide to access your vote in your state. Um, you know, it's most important that uh, all of our voters know their rights and uh, PVA will continue to advocate for veterans and all people with disabilities, making sure that their, that their votes are counted. Indeed. That is pva.org forward slash vote, pva.org forward slash vote for the Paralyzed Veterans of America and their Access Your Vote campaign. It's Mm pva.org forward slash vote. Man, Al, you have been uh, amazing. Thank you for uh, the history and, and, and all of the information. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Yes, indeed. Cal Kovic, uh, <laughs> Paralyzed Veterans of America, uh, the current president, uh, we thank you so much uh, for your time. Thanks, guys. And Anki was right on time with that because, you know, that gives people enough time to plan how they're going to vote. Which is, which, is, which is absolutely necessary. I mean, we just had the big national registration uh, voter registration drive the other day and all of this is playing out to be in our favor great information that you need to take advantage of and we know that there's some disabled americans who follow this podcast listen to us religiously who may not have known any of this so we're very happy to provide that information for you again uh pva.org forward slash vote and for those of you who are you know just able-bodied right citizens that that has all the activities of your limbs um if you are not registered to vote go ahead and do so you have until october the 5th to make your one vote count and every vote counts so you know don't don't miss me with the narrative that my vote doesn't matter my vote doesn't count because if if it didn't then why do they continue to make it so hard for you to vote that too, and there have been some traumatic events in our country this year, not only with the pandemic, but of course coming to mind the 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 hideous killing of Breonna Taylor, the ridiculous murder of George Floyd, mm-hmm. and it opened a lot of people's eyes. I, I reminded a friend of mine the other day. I said there are some people who have been affected by this that were shocked into. Mm-hmm. I've never voted. I've never participated in my my life, and now. I'm inspired to do that. So uh, if you do it in their name, if you do it in, in, in the name of your, your grandparent or someone, or you're just doing it because you know you can make a difference with your vote, you don't yeah, like I what mean, you it's see. Pretty, it's pretty simple. I mean, me. yeah. if you care about 
your life and your family's life and your children's and yeah. grandchildren's life, then you will plan exactly. your vote, plan on how to vote, and go vote. because. Um, and the same thing with the census. Down. Yeah. These yeah. these numbers they matter. play in our it's in our best interest mm-hmm. to do these things. Mm-hmm. So when the census comes around, participate. Mm-hmm. Don't just be a a, a non non doer. It's time for those people to become doers. Let's let KG and I encourage you now. Do you know people outside of the family who has done their census, has I filled did. out the census? Me. No, no, no. I mean outside of your family. Like Oh, I'm sure like a lot of your family members with their households have done the census, but like anybody outside of your family that you've spoken with, have they? We we done remind it? them because it's it's one of those things that isn't always top of mind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We we I, did you. Oh, man, I forgot. You know what? I intended to, but I forgot. Oh, man, the storm go came, do it. I forgot. Yes. You need that stop sign that uh, <laughs> that you feel needs to be at that certain corner because cars is flying down. Fill out your census so you can get it. You know, you want to stop the speed. You know, you want them speed bumps in the road because there's a lot of kids that play. Fill out the census. You can if, get that happen. Your community is a dead zone for grocery stores or adequate food. Oh man, food these, these food deserts is that's yeah. that's a thing across the country. Isn't that something? Like that that is that is a real talk about a pandemic. And it's so unfortunate because it's 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 a staple. Well, that may not be a pandemic, but it's an epidemic. It's an epidemic. It's definitely an epidemic. And food deserts, like, I think that's probably going to be the next shift of conversation Mm -hmm. because it is, it's unbelievable. And as a business person, you're missing a great opportunity to not only serve. As a business person, but also, and and, and I hate to, you know, I hate to dish out this tough love. But you know our 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 politicians aren't doing their due diligence by their constituents by not agreeing to have said company when they want to come in here and you know drill some stuff and you know make people have cancer because of you know the the railroad glue that they put down over there. Hello, shout out to Cashmere Gardens. You know, um, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, all that. Um, so fill out the census. <laughs> fill out the census. Census2020.gov. Make register sure you register to vote. To vote. You got vote. by October 5th and go vote. Right. You you got you to gotta follow up. Yeah, you registered to vote. Now follow up and go vote. Make sure you do that. And for um, our paralyzed veterans, wow. again, for more information, just log on to um, pva.org slash vote. And if it sounds like KG and I are excited, we are. We're very conscientious about this. We care about the city we and serve. it's a podcast. This is how folks and, talk on a podcast. Well, <laughs> that too. They know what they're getting into. Yeah, we don't, we're not just running our mouths. We're, we're not just right. We're not talking. Look, my mama said, I ain't doing this for my health. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Excellent. <laughs> we'll Excellent. be back with more of the podcast after this. <laughs> Welcome back to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I am your host, KG Smooth, joined by the market icon. Me? Yeah. Okay. Uncle Foncular Jones. Wow. Market icon. Thank you, sir. Listen, uh, this conversation here is um, is an encore Mm -hmm. conversation because I know that you uh, like this fella 
uh, a lot, Mr. Lamar Tyler. Bro, such great information on that show. Phenomenal. Great choice for an encore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, uh, the International Business Network, he found it called uh, Traffic Sales and Profit. And him and his wife created uh, Black and Married with Children.com. So um, here's an encore conversation with Lamar Tyler on the Public Affairs Podcast. This mm-hmm. man is, man. He's got a lot of things going on. <laughs> the founder of the International Business Network, Traffic Sales and Profit. He is uh, also, along with his wife, the co-founder and creator of BlackAndMarriedWithKids.com um, and just a social media guru, all-around business guy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast, Lamar Taylor. How are you, sir? I'm doing excellent. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on the program. Um, when a I frequent blackandmarriedwithkids.com um, quite a bit. I oh. use a, a, a lot of your content um, on my other show. I host The Quiet Storm on Magic 102.1, and uh, I log on to the site every night to see what great articles you all have for, you know, married folks, single. Okay, all- KG, that, so you're one up on everybody. But Lamar, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not that guy, so can you tell us about yourself and who you are and how you got to where you are? Hold on, I was about to tell Casey, tell me more. I like, the way this, I like, I like where this is going, tell me more. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's, that's exactly it. My wife, Ronnie, and I started 12 years ago a blog called BlackAndMarriedWithKids.com to uh, promote, support, encourage marriage in the African-American community. And, and since then, what happened is the blog turned into a business. So we built the community, then we had to learn how to monetize and actually make revenue and money from it. So we started with documentary films. We did seven full of documentaries. Then we went to e-books and audio books and membership sites. And during the process, we learned how to really sell and market our products and our services. We would do conferences, events, cruises, all this stuff. We learned how to sell it online. And as we did that, people came to us and said, teach us how to do what you're doing. And that's when we launched our, our separate brand, traffic, sales, and profit in order to show uh, individuals that have a community, have an audience, okay, this is how you actually make money from those people. Because Facebook fans, Twitter followers, Instagram fans, they do not pay your mortgage. They do not pay your rent. They do not pay your car note. So we need to get clear about that. And then we also had people that, you know, if if they can get in front of the right people, mm-hmm. would be fine, but they just can't get in front of the right people. When they get in front of them, they don't know how to sell their products and services. So that's exactly what we can train through traffic, sales, and profit. Mm. Okay. And um, so the platform, uh, what what is it? Tell people what it does. I mean, we know that sure. it, it, it's a network, but uh, in layman's terms, tell the audience uh, exactly what traffic, sales, and profit does. Sure. Well, well, the the main biggest, largest part of it is we have a free Facebook group called Traffic Sales and Profit with Lamar Tyler. We have over uh, 14,000, right right around getting close to 15,000, uh, primarily African-American business owners in that group and all different types, product-based, service-based, lawyers, accountants, uh, AV uh, installation, coaches, consultants, you know, whatever you have, we have in that group. And and what it is is we teach them, like I said, how to how to drive more traffic. How can you get more people into your brick and mortar store? How can you get more people to your actual website? How can you build communities online through platforms like Facebook or Instagram or onto your email list? And then once we do that, we also talk about how once you have those people, can you actually convert more sales of what you actually have? And this and this is what most people don't realize: when you send people to your website, on average. 
only two or three percent of the people that land on your website are actually ready to buy the first time they land there. That means that out of every 100 people, 97 of those people leave without purchasing anything. So do we capture their information? Do we capture an email address? Do we continue to talk to them and have a conversation, educate them about our product and service so that we can nurture and convert them down the line? And these are all the types of things that we, we sell, we teach, and, and show entrepreneurs how to do so that they can not just have businesses, but have businesses that are successful, that make money, and then not only do that, but uh, turn around and employ other people in our communities. So, Lamar, let me ask, because I, I, I do a tremendous amount of online shopping, and I'm curious, are one of the techniques that you teach, or I, I'm, I'm just, I don't know, so I'm asking. Sure. When I leave one site and go to another, it seems like the product I was just looking at, let's say my <laughs> cowboy boots, tends to follow me over to another Every, site. How does that work? Yeah, what that is, is that's called retargeting. Hmm. Um and, and again, right, it, it, it goes right into what I was just talking about. That's the perfect question. Because like I said, you know, out of every 100 people, 97 are not ready to purchase right there, right away. And then what may shock people as well, and we see a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, they put up a store, they have an e-commerce site, and, and the first thing they get shocked at is the fact that um, they got people coming to the site and how many people actually abandon cart. Abandon cart is when somebody, you put those cowboy boots, you look at them, you put them in the cart, but you actually don't purchase and you leave. Mm -hmm. Over 70% of the people that add something to a cart never check out. So what you can do is do retargeting through Facebook, through Google, through different platforms so that, hey, whenever you start to go to other sites, if they're running ads on there, like, and you have your ads traffic to those sites, hey, if I go read an article on, um, you know, this newspaper website, then I'm going to see those cowboy boots. If I pull up an app, you ever pulled up an app and been playing a game on an app or in some productivity tool on the app, and then you see the ad for those cowboy boots. And literally, it's just following you around all those different places over the web so that then, you know, hopefully you click back on it, you get back to the cart, and you complete that checkout. Or one even better. Go ahead. Well, let me, let me finish the funny story for me, Lamar, because I have shopped with this company before. So they are sending me an email, Larry, what's wrong? Is there anything we can help you with? Because <laughs> you left something in your in, cart. In your cart. Mm -hmm. and, and it was funny because I, I, I said, well, why are you sending me this? You know I buy from you, you know, but... Yeah, and, and I'm gonna take it a step further. Uh, maybe about what, like 2016. I remember uh, being in New Orleans and talking to a friend of mine. We just in the car talking about it. And he was talking about something that um, something that he needed. I forgot if it was a smart speaker or something, something, something. Mm -hmm. So then, as we go on, and then he uh, opens Facebook, it's like, dang, like, um, like these smart <laughs> speakers keep. You know, <laughs> popping up, and then you know, I had talked about something, and then I started seeing it on my apps, and then we didn't think nothing of it. All right, fast forward maybe about six months later here at the station, same thing talking about a certain product, and then the next thing I know, it's showing, showing up, up everywhere. Yep. And I'm like, yo, I'm like, are they listening to my conversations <laughs> to know? Yes, <laughs> what is what I'm looking for? And then they take that, like, that is what did he say? He said, yes. I said, yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that's what most people don't realize is the amount of information that you give to social networks, to these platforms, is mind-boggling. Every time you, you like something, every time you join a group, every time you like a page, every time you click on an ad, every time you tell it when your birthday is, like all of these different things these networks can actually capture. So a lot of times, let's take a real-life example. I'll, I'll show an individual, okay, if they want to run ads on a network or a social platform like Facebook, you can actually go into Facebook and you can can look and pull up data 
and see, okay, out of the people that, that follow your page or like your page, how old are they? Are they men or women? Um, you know, what other pages do they like? What other things are they interested in? You can get – you actually – and how about, I'll take it a step further. You actually can even upload an email list. Say I have an email list of customers or clients. I can actually upload that list to Facebook. Uh, create what's called a custom audience to target those people, but then I can get data and insights on them. And Facebook, it won't show me the exact names of each person, but it'll say, out of these 1,000 people you uploaded, we can match 70%. And then it'll show me out of that 70% how many own a home versus rent a home. It'll show me uh, uh, how many, you know, on average, this is how much money they make. This is how many kids they have. This is what kind of car they drive. So for a marketer, right, as a business owner, this is information in data that we've never had access to. Now, maybe the big boys did. Maybe uh, Coca-Cola or these huge conglomerates and corporations did. But a mom and pop, an uh, individual with just a Shopify e-commerce site, um, somebody that's selling you know, food and cakes out of their house, you never had access to this information, but now you do. As a consumer, on the other side, you need to be aware of the data and information that you're giving out, and that's what you're seeing a lot of Congress fighting with the social networks about now, you'll hear more of that conversation about what is it that they're doing with this data. Um, because essentially, it's a great thing. They say that, that when you don't see these platforms like Facebook and Instagram and some of the other ones, when you don't see them actually sell a product, you are the product. And that's essentially what's happening, right? Your data is the product they sell to business owners and marketers so that then they can target you for their products and services. Mm. I mean, not surprised, uh, but the level of um, intrusion and the and the precision of how to target us, like, and 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 when they get this information, like, what do they do with it when they, when they're targeting us and they get this info? What are they just sitting on it, or what happens? Well, that's the big question, and that's where all of the concern and the government uh, is trying to come in and regulate stuff a little bit more. And that's what they're coming into because that's their question is, is what are you doing with this? And you have all this data about all of our citizens. So that's kind of what a lot of the conversation is now, and there's a lot of information out there. But, again, for the business owners that are listening or the people that want to go in business, I want you to think about, like I said, again, the flip side of it and look at the opportunity that you have to where literally you can go in and start with, a, a meager budget of hundreds of dollars or a few thousand dollars and, and dedicate that towards advertising and now be able to get the amount of information and data back that's unparalleled to ever before. So when I can run an ad and I can say, okay, out of the ad and the amount of money I spent, this many people clicked on it, this many people landed on the website, this many people went from step one on the website to step two, and these are the kind of people that did it, and let's go out and find more people like that. And, and all of that you can do due to today's advertising, due to the technology today, due to social media networks. So there is some bad, there's good that comes with the bad. It's up to us to kind of figure out the viewpoint of how we look at it and then, then take it from there. Okay. Lamar, you, um, you launched a seven-point stimulus package for business owners, correct? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Can when, you go ahead and tell us all about that? Sure, yeah. When uh, COVID hit and everything first kind of came down, we said that we weren't going to wait for the government to provide us, you know, a handout or a hand up or anything else along these lines. So what we wanted to do is provide support for our community. So we kind of launched into action, and that seven-point plan included things like us giving those business owners free resources, free checklists, free uh, sales and marketing tools. We did a free event and summit forms so that they could learn how to generate cash quickly. We brought in experts because we had a lot of new homeschool <laughs> homeschooling parents that didn't intend on being homeschooling parents, right? right? So we brought in experts to talk about that and break it down to them, to talk about how to stretch meals, 
uh, we brought in a lot of business experts, and then we even did a round of one thousand um, uh, dollar grants that we actually issued out to businesses ourselves, along with over I think we ended up somewhere between thirty and forty different grocery store gift cards that we gave out as well, where every week we were actually just pulling people from that Facebook group, from the community, and giving them a gift card to say, hey, go here and help your family. And I think that, again, is the importance of why we need more businesses, why we need more business owners, because we need to be able to support ourselves, we need to be able to support our communities and provide resources inside of our own communities when the government, you know, local, federal, state, whatever it may be, isn't doing their part. Mr. Tyler, there's a bell going off in my head screaming. Those listening to the podcast right want to know how can we find you? What's your website? What's your social media address? Get We need this information today, my brother. I love it. So to find me, uh, easiest thing is to go to, to the website, www.trafficsalesandprofit.com. That's trafficsalesandprofit.com. Um, from there, you can get a free link, uh, link, excuse me, to our free Facebook group, Traffic Sales and Profit with Lamar Tyler. That's where everything we do, free trainings, resources, um, uh, interviews, all that kind of stuff in the group every single week. So we want to make sure you're there. And then on the website, you also have a link. You can get a free copy of my paperback book. Uh, I'll send that out to you. Just just uh, cover the shipping handle, and I'll send that out to you, and a bunch of other resources as well. But we want to help entrepreneurs just like you that's listening right now to become more successful, to build and scale an enterprise, and to be able to hire more people around you. Indeed. Um we got we got a lot going on right now, Lamar. I mean, we're <laughs> we're we're fighting a, a global pandemic. We're, we're we're fighting against ending systemic racism and yeah. white supremacy. And um, with all of that, you being a business a business expert that you are, can you tell us how these issues are impacting small business owners and entrepreneurs? Because I see it twofold. It's it's almost like okay. Some, they saw their business decline a little bit because the pandemic hit, but yet also on the flip side with the uprising and, you know, Black Lives Mattering and and just this focus on Black businesses and buying Black and supporting Black, there are some, you know, that are, (laughs) no pun intended, in the Black, you know, when they were kind of in the red when the pandemic happened. So um, tell us, you know, how these issues are impacting uh, entrepreneurs and small businesses. Sure. It's interesting because what you said is exactly right. It's almost like a tale of two cities. And on one side, you have reports now that are being issued that said, hey, early this spring, uh, due to the pandemic and everything that happened, 41% of black businesses shut down. But on the other side, in communities like ours, especially communities that, that have a rooted focus online and on the Internet, a lot of our companies in our community, a lot of our direct clients we work with, had their best months ever mm-hmm. during the actual uh, uh, pandemic, right? Because more people were forced not to go to the mall, not to go to retail, but they had to go online. Right. So if you were already positioned and ready to sell and meet your clients there, or even if you hadn't originally been, but you took action to quickly pivot, like we were teaching inside the Traffic Sales and Profit Group, and being ready or looking for opportunities, then you were uniquely positioned for this time. And that's what I've been continually seeing is that the people that were set up, that were ready to receive clients, that were ready to market and sell and promote and put their uh, products and service out in front of people were the ones that are winning right now. And like I said, a lot of them had their, their best months ever. A lot of them, this has been their best year ever, and it's really positioned them to grow into another phase with their business. Mm, excellent. Uh, so what's some tips that you can um, share on how businesses can um, 
can best their leverage crisis situation and work around them uh, to find solutions that that help keep them afloat so they you know won't go under sure great 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 question number one i would say look to be a leader in your space one of the things i always tell my clients is that in times like these with crisis, you either lead or you be led. Mm. And I don't want to be led. So how can I be a leader in my space? How can I not sit and wait for things to happen to me, but proactively go out and find opportunities? Uh, Number two, what I want everybody listening to do is I want you to find out what is the need that your customers or potential customers have right now. And then how can you shift what you're doing to actually fill that need, fill a gap, or overcome the challenge that they're having? And that may mean that you need to pivot from the thing that you've been doing for months and months or years and years or maybe decades and decades to something new, but be ready to pivot once you find out what that actual challenge is and be able to market to that challenge. Um, You know, next thing I want to tell you is I want to tell you to make sure that you really leverage online because the the great thing that's happened, fellas, over the last few months, every year e-commerce and online sales grow a little bit, like little by little, year by year. But what's happened over the last few months is we've leaped ahead years forward past where we would have been with e-commerce. And if you think about it, there are a lot of things that have happened over the last few months that when COVID is gone, things won't go back to normal. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people that tried new services that that were used to going to the grocery store. Now they're never going to the grocery store again. No, sir. It's Instacart Instacart. or whatever it's going to be. Instacart it is. Exactly, (laughs) right? I'm one of those brothers. Mm -mm. If if you would have asked these people six months ago, they would have been like, that's crazy. I don't want somebody else touching my food. (laughs) <laughs> I need to go. I need to go and, and pluck my own water, watermelons, or you know, hold my own fruits and squeeze them, and all this kind of stuff. So, so things have changed, and they won't go back to being the same. So, how can you take your business and really leverage? Okay, how can I pull more of the internet in here? How can I learn more about it? How can I get in groups like ours? It's free, so that you can get resources and such. And then the last thing I would say is making sure that you're communicating with your customers. And whether things are going great, whether things are going bad, maybe you're backed up because it's hard for you to get the bottles that you need to put your, your product inside of. So it's backed up for them. Or maybe you're overrun with orders, so it's hard for you to just get things out on time. All of that's fine. I think people are understanding because so many different things are happening right now. But just staying in communication with your customers, making sure they're abreast of what's going on uh, so that it's, you're not leaving them out in the dark. And I think the companies that are doing that right now, being open and honest and transparent, are the ones that are winning and the ones that will continue to win down the line. What we want to say right now, sir, is God bless you and your family. This is invaluable information, and we cannot thank you anymore from the bottom of our hearts for taking time out of your day to be a part of the podcast. But KG does want you to have a chance to talk about your big conference that's coming up, correct? Yeah, yeah. TPS Live is happening uh, October 2nd and 3rd in Atlanta. So, yep, uh, it sure is. Uh, like I said, it's an amazing event. This is our fifth year doing it. We started the first one in 2016. Uh, we had 47 people in attendance. Last year we had over 500. This year we'll have over 700. And this will be our uh, first time, right? We may have to do it virtual. It's still like a lot of things kind of circling around, yeah. of course, because of everything going on. But regardless, I can guarantee for everyone it's an event unlike anything else that you've ever seen. And for more information on that, again, you can go to trafficsalesandprofit.com, click on the Events tab, and it'll take you uh, straight there to find out more information about TSP Live. Indeed. Lamar Taylor, the gatekeepers are gone. (laughs) (laughs) Man, man, we thank you so much, Lamar. uh, International Business Network and the founder of Traffic Sales and Profit. Bro. We got to yes, have sir. you back on. Yeah, man. I would love that. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Indeed. Indeed.
And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being a part of the Public Affairs Podcast. We'll be back next week with more interesting topics. God bless you and thank you for listening.